This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday evening. I had some tech issues here before the show. That's why I'm just lucky I'm sitting right here right now. And we have a great show in store for you tonight. Be sure and stay with us. Coming up here in just a moment. Uh, North Dakota National Guard General. They call him the Adjutant General. Alan Dorman's going to be joining us. Many of you have been reaching out going, hey, Chris, what's the deal with all these guards people in Washington, D.C.? What's the mission? What's happening there exactly? So we're going to talk about that with him and much, much more coming up in just a moment. Now, speaking of that earlier today, we had the head of the National Guard, also the acting secretary of the Army, and the head of the uh, District of Columbia National Guard hold a press conference earlier today uh, talking about what the mission was previously and in case you weren't aware, there's over 25,000 troops in Washington, D.C. for the inauguration. Many people asking, why so many? Why over 25,000 troops? I spoke with a friend of mine in D.C. today. She goes, Chris, I walk out my place. I mean, there's barbed wire fence all around my block right now. So, you know, kind of an uneasy feeling if you're living in D.C. As of today, according to the press conference earlier today, there's still... 13,000 National Guard troops in the District of Columbia. And from what they said today, they're planning on having 5,000 troops stay there through, it sounds like, the middle of March. So the big question is, what in the world's gonna be going on through the middle of March? It's gonna have the requests from Secret Service in different places, uh, Capitol Police, to have 5,000 plus National Guard troops staying in D.C. for that length of time. Well, earlier today, the acting secretary of the Army, John Whitley, responded to that in this press conference. Here's some of what he had to say. As we continue to work to meet post-inauguration requirements, the National Guard has been requested to continue supporting federal law enforcement agencies with about 7,000 personnel for the coming weeks. That uh, presence will likely draw down to about 5,000 by mid-March. I'm going to go through the specifics of that. Uh, we've received four requests for follow-on assistance from federal and municipal partners. Uh, the requests have come from the U.S. Park Police, U.S. Secret Service, the Capitol Police, and the Metropolitan Police Department of Washington, D.C. Uh, all four requests have been approved, the, the federal request by the Secretary of Defense, the municipal request by myself, uh, the Acting Secretary of the Army. National Guard service members will provide a variety of support, including security, communications, medical evacuation, logistics, and safety support uh, to these organizations. So a lot to digest there. Again, 5,000 troops through the middle of March. Also one of the big uh, talkers, if you will, last week, because I know everybody out there saw via social media or the news, the fact that there was those photos of the National Guard uh, being put into the Senate garage. And so many people had assumed that they were gonna end up sleeping there and, and people were not happy about knowing, hey, the great service that our National Guard does for you and I, why are we then putting them into this Senate garage? Well, a person from the press asked that question earlier today to the District of Columbia um, General, Major General William Walker about that, those photos, that situation, here's what he had to say. Regarding the photographs of soldiers and they taking a break, every single guardsman, every single guardsman has a hotel. But you stand 12 hours uh, on, on your feet, you want to take a break. And that's what these guardsmen were doing. They were taking a, as we say in the military, taking a knee. 
So my presumption is there is these people didn't sleep there. They had their own hotel rooms. As he just said, they were taken a knee. So hopefully that gives you some clarity in that situation that um, many of the media covered in a certain way last week. All right, joining us now live via Zoom tonight, we've got the North Dakota National Guard Adjutant General Alan Dorman. General Dorman, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for your service. It's great to have you with us. Um, the biggest question that I've been getting from people is just essentially why why 25,000 plus National Guard troops in Washington, D.C. for the inauguration? What can you tell us? Well, Chris, um, first, uh, I want to say, you know, the National Guard has really been a part of every inauguration since George Washington. So there's nothing out of the ordinary about the National Guard supporting inauguration. Uh, we committed our civil support team back in September. Um, but as we got close to the inauguration, uh, as the events unfolded in early January, uh, the decision makers uh, came to the conclusion uh, that we needed a stronger presence just to ensure that there was a, a peaceful uh, transition of power. So that's what drove the number. I wasn't part of that decision, uh, but there was a call out to Guard Nation, as we refer to it, every state territory uh, to come in and help the District of Columbia National Guard out. And I, I don't want to bring you into this conversation in general, but I know people that live there are like, man, it just seems a little little bit heavy-handed compared to you know, what actually took place. So how many um, guards people from North Dakota uh, went out to D.C., and have they all brought, been brought back home, or are some of them still there? Uh, Chris, they're all back home. Uh, we deployed about 150 um, guardsmen total. 130 of those were military police. Uh, 20 were the uh, civil support team that I mentioned earlier. Uh, they all deployed on the 15th of January. Uh, they trained over the weekend to get ready for the inauguration. Uh, and I'm pleased to say that uh, with the support from the West Virginia and the Arkansas Air National Guard, all our soldiers and airmen came home last night. Well, thank you to all of them if they're watching tonight for their service. One of the other big conversations um, last week, General, was the fact that the FBI had gone and basically interviewed every single guards person. Some are saying that it was sort of an allegiance interview to make sure that they had allegiance to this incoming administration. Just is that normal to have the FBI do that? What can you tell us about it? I, I can't say that's normal, Chris, uh, but nor have we supported an inauguration with 25,000 guardsmen in the past. Uh, emotions run high. I thought I think this is something they felt they had to do. Uh, I can tell you, I personally spoke to our guardsmen before they left. Uh, people have opinions. They're entire, entitled to their um, own thoughts on uh, politics and, and leadership and anything else. But once you put the uniform on, uh, you, you need to re remember that you've sworn an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of North Dakota, not a person. Uh, politics don't really come into play when you're in uniform. You live by a set of values. And I just told our guys point blank, if if you have strongly held beliefs uh, or you posted something on Facebook or social media that you think we should know about before you leave, bring that to our attention. Nobody brought anything to our attention. All our guardsmen deployed out there. They were all vetted uh, and they all conducted the mission. Well, I think what's fascinating, too, and again, I, I, I want to keep this so you don't get political, but, you know, the fact that. Some people were sent home. There was 12 guards troops that were sent home. What I'm hearing you say is none of those 12 obviously were from North Dakota, correct? That's correct. Um, so they were sent home, but yet also within the stories, they would say, hey, the FBI is interviewing these guys, but there's no credible threat. 
again, don't want to put you in politics, but can you help us sort of understand what's what's going on there? Well, and I would I'd say it's an abundance of caution. I know there's some very um, strong feelings about this subject. Um, I've had a lot of phone calls since that vetting took place. Um, I, I can't comment on why they thought it was needed or what they were trying to avoid. Uh, but I'm again, I'm so proud of our men and women in the National Guard. Uh, again, you're entitled to your personal opinions, your personal politics. Uh, but when you put the uniform on, uh, you need to live by a set of values. And again, you serve a constitution, not a person. Amen to that. Now, I think the other big question that a lot of people have for me, General, is the fact that, okay, we got through the inauguration. We had a bunch of guards, guard troops there. Things seemed to go off. I mean, I haven't heard of any major arrests or anything of that nature that took place on Inauguration Day. And yet, they're going to keep, uh, there's 13,000 still there today, and they're going to keep 5,000 through the middle of March. Any idea why? And, and Chris, I'm not privy to any um, intelligence of why they would do that. Uh, but I'm sure they're looking at all that. Uh, and I just know from personal experience, uh, when times are stressful, when there's a potential uh, for civil unrest, uh, it's much better to have a presence and be prepared. So I, I assume they're doing this out of an abundance of caution. Uh, again, 26,000 inauguration day was a big number. Uh, but if that kept some bad actors from going to DC uh, to, to cause problems, uh, considering it was the peaceful transition of power in our democracy, that was probably uh, money well spent. And if we need to do that as we go through the next couple of months, uh, just to make sure that we can continue that smooth transition of power, um, I'm guessing that's why they're doing what they're doing. Anything else you want to add, sir, about the mission in D.C. that I'm not asking you? Well, I, I just want to talk about the quality of, of your National Guard, uh, those military police we sent out there, uh, these are the same guys that we had to bring in twice during protests in Fargo in June. And I talked to one young man at the time and said, hey, sorry, I brought you in on two consecutive weekends. And he said, hey, sir, that's what I signed up for. I expected the call. When we brought these 130 in on short notice to have them airload, go by military aircraft out to D.C., spend a day getting themselves ready, spending another day training a thousand additional soldiers so they could do crowd control and then do a different mission every day. Uh, I'm just so impressed, so proud of what they did. Not a long face. This was their mission. Uh, they took it on and, and just had an incredible attitude about it. Uh, so again, I couldn't be more proud of our National Guard in North Dakota. Well, a lot of that's due to your leadership, sir. So thank you for being such an outstanding leader and, and general you know i've never put the uniform on like you have there was a lot of uh, conversation last week about those pictures about our guards troops being inside that garage you heard the major general out of the dc district of columbia address it i just wanted to have someone that puts the uniform on and talk about it because people that are in your position i've heard sort of say you know we've been in a lot worse so just your comments on it please yeah and you're right we've been in a lot worse all those soldiers have probably been in a lot worse uh, now, with that said, uh, you, you don't need to train to suffer. Um, so um, my opinion is that could have been handled better. Uh, but our own guardsmen, they had one night where their mission was in and around FedEx Field. They made the decision to not go back to the hotels. They had hotels available every night. But one night, the leadership, and I um, concur with this, they decided not to go back to the hotel, just spending more time on the road. Uh, they had accommodations at FedEx Field that um, 
worked and, and allowed them to get the rest they needed to do the mission. Uh, so we adapt, we overcome, uh, typically you don't complain. It's about getting the mission done. Uh, if it could have been done better, you talk about that afterwards and make improvements going forward. Um, last question, sir, kind of two in one, if you don't mind. I, I believe and this may not be the exact number, but reports are suggesting that uh, out of the 25,000 guards troops that were in D.C., 200 ended up coming back home or now maybe they're even quarantining in D.C., I don't know, but contracting COVID. So were there any uh, North Dakota guards troops that contracted COVID while being in D.C.? Well, we so we take uh, our we take uh, uh, protection of the forest very seriously. So we tested them before they went out. We tested them again last night when they came home. We had two individuals test positive for COVID. Uh, so we are going through that process right now uh, to notify everyone, uh, isolate them, uh, make sure they have testing available so they can come out of isolation as soon as possible. Uh, they will remain in a federally paid status until that's uh, concluded. Uh, but this is just part of the risk you assume when you put on the uniform. Um, we had guardsmen literally deploying to Washington, D.C. from every zip code in the United States. Uh, so the fact that uh, you were introducing 26,000 people from every zip code into an already congested area, um, I'd say our guys pretty good coming back with a 1.5% positivity rate. So it, it's just part of the job. We take risk on in every mission we do. We take as many precautions as we can to protect the force. Uh, and we're making sure right now those folks are taken care of. And, and I got to give a shout out to our families and our employers because we took your guardsmen away for nine days uh, to do this mission uh, for, from your families, from your civilian employers, uh, because of the protocols we need to follow afterwards to protect uh, for COVID. Uh, we're gonna take them out of the workplace for potentially another seven to eight days. Um, so I, I just need to uh, remind everyone that while we serve in uniform, uh, other great North Dakotans and Americans do their part by employing guardsmen and our families serve right alongside of us. So we couldn't do it without those two legs of the stool and, and we don't say thank you enough, but I want to say thank you tonight. Thank you for that, General. I guess just a quick follow-up. Are these two people that have tested positive, as far as you know, are they okay? How are they doing? They're, Chris, they're asymptomatic. Uh, but again, in abundance of caution, we tested them before they left. We tested them when they came home. Uh, force protection is job one. Um, so we got to make sure we identify anyone that may cause a problem to readiness and not having soldiers healthy and ready to go is a problem for readiness. We also want to make sure their families are protected when these soldiers go back home. Amen. North Dakota National Guard Major General Alan Dorman, thank you again, sir, for your time, your service, and uh, please let your troops know that all of us say thank you to them as well, okay? All right. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you, sir. God bless. All right. Love to know your thoughts there. A lot to digest about what was happening with D.C. and why we're keeping troops home. And I think some big breaking news there, the fact that you've got two guardsmen that were in D.C. have now tested positive for COVID-19. Stay with us when we come back. We're going to get some of your points of view. A lot of great voicemails that came in from Friday, so you're going to hear those. And as always, you can share your point of view with us. Email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.